Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And a welcome into the Tiger Woods podcast, episode 34, right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Cam Rogers with you alongside Bridget Whalen. Rate, review the show, DM us, let us know what you think about the program. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Rogers99 and on the gram at Mr. Rogers 98. You can hit up Bridget on Twitter and the gram at Bridget K. Whalen. Here's what's on tap here, folks. The CDC guidelines have been pushed through the month of April and three fourths of the American population have been ordered to stay at home. What does that mean for golf? We'll get to it. Tiger versus Phil part two. We shall see about that. Meanwhile, is the U.S. Open going to get postponed? Sounds like it could be, according to the New York Post, what's to come with the PGA Tour schedule. And then to wrap up the program, oh, Brandel, getting into his little bits of trouble yet again, although we can just put an asterisk next to trouble because was it really trouble? Anyway, we'll talk about it here on the Tiger Woods podcast. Bridget, I just want to check in with you here. Um the coronavirus and all that, COVID-19, it seems like it's getting grimmer and grimmer, and we're hopefully going to provide some shining light on this episode of The Tiger Show. But just overall, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Are you getting through this? Hello. I'm getting through this. Um, I'm in my apartment where, I, uh, where I've been since I spoke to you last. <laughs> Literally. <And> I'm, <laughs> I'm currently watching... Um, some round of the WGC Dell match play from last year. And I think I've seen this round a, a total of a dozen times now. <laughs> that's where we're at, literally. That's, that's where, where we that's are where at. I'm at. Sergio Garcia is teeing off at the moment. Okay, there you go, Serge. Get after it, guy. So, Bridget, the president and the task force have extended the social distancing guidelines to April 30th. This really is not a surprise. The PGA Tour was ahead of this by canceling or postponing all tournaments this month. So that's all out the window. Here's the key thing. The fact that states are taking their own level of precautions to combat the coronavirus, I think, creates even more unknown to the PGA Tour season because, of course, you have PGA Tour events in different states. And if you have different regulations as it pertains to COVID-19 in these different states... How do you have some sort of synchronized and synergy to this PGA Tour season if you have, for instance, Bridget, New York, where Wingfoot is, where the U.S. Open is going to be, has it the worst? So, I mean, are we at the point where we just have to wait until this completely blows over? We can't, like, cherry-pick certain states, right? Yeah, sure. I think the the issue here is people have to travel, right, to get to wherever these tournaments are. So 
I think that common denominator puts everything on the, a level playing field. I don't think it's going to go state by state, even though I know certain states are dealing with it way worse than others. I think that it has to be like an overarching, um, like, you know, full country, all states type thing are, are ready to go because people are going to be traveling from all over the place. So if this is still rampant and, you know, you're susceptible to picking it up on an airplane, I think that's going to be a main issue. Mm. And I also saw um, Mark Cuban did a LinkedIn Live yesterday, and I watched it. And he said something very poignant. He said, sports, unfortunately, are probably going to be the last thing to yeah. get back. And he said, even if they're, you know, taking place without fans, it's going to be a while. And I think that that goes across the board for all sports. I, I think that um, that's definitely going to reflect on the PGA Tour. I love to be optimistic but I do not see them getting back to play in May I really don't yeah I mean it's interesting I've been seeing some articles out there about how some athletic directors are very wary about even having a college football season and here we are talking about hey can we have golf next month right I don't think that's possible and you know we'll get into it later when we get really into the schedule but Bridget you have some insight on whether we may see PGA Tour golf at all here in 2020, which is very much up in the air. And so we all are in this space of trying to find an escape. And we talked about this last week, how sports can kind of be that escape. And right now we don't have that. Luckily, there's this podcast that you can jam out to wherever you please. Let's just talk about from a positivity standpoint, Bridget. I mean, no golf. Obviously, it's hard. But there are some pros, I think, to isolation, right? You know, reconnecting with old friends or reading a good book or really just like meditating, doing some yoga, introspection. I mean, there are some silver linings to this. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, if the government wanted to just pay me to sit in my apartment all day, I for <laughs> yeah. sure would do it. For sure. I think that um, financial stress is uh, impeding a lot of introspection <laughs> on my end, at least. Um, I have to say, so I haven't really worked in an office for about 13 months now. So I have become quite accustomed to solitude, not for weeks and months at a time, but you know, I probably would only see one person a day um, so this isn't that jarring for me, but I feel for people who had gone into an office and who, you know, who had that sort of camaraderie and now they're right. just home alone. If you don't have like your own family, which I don't. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think it, it lends time for a lot of things to be done, but how long can you just do those things? You know, we all sort of need like a purpose. And I'm not saying like you should live to work, but I think doing something that like, you know, you make money and, and it gives you some sort of gratification. It's kind of hard to find that on your own. It's, it really is like a difficult task. Um, so I don't know, I'm struggling a little bit. I go outside a lot, which yeah. is kind of like against, I guess the CDC guidelines, but I mean, I'm not near anybody. So um, I'm lucky that I live in Florida and it's beautiful weather down here. I can't like imagine being in a, you know, a rainy cold place right now. That would probably, probably be like a compounding factor for me. Right. So yeah, I don't know. 
it's definitely weird. I have like definite, definite positives, but there's definitely, it's weighing on me. I think yeah. I'm in a different headspace than last week. And that's obviously not an uncommon feeling. I think we all right. kind of feel a little bit of, of that just because as human beings, we are ultra social creatures. It's just how we're wired. So to people who are listening right now that feel the same way, you are not alone either because I feel a little bit of it as well. I'm a super social guy, you know, I'm kind of the uh, plans guy among my friend group and I get things going. I'm the logistics guy and there's really nothing to plan, I guess, except for something on Zoom, which really, by the way, Bridget, I don't know if you've tried it yet. It's not as fun as it seems because here's the problem. You try to organize the conversation, but you can't because a lot of times there's like people cutting into someone else saying something and then it's really hard to just actually have a conversation because audio cuts in and out. I don't know if you've tried it, but I'm honestly not a fan. I can do us and my FaceTime dates off hinge one-on-one, -on -one, <laughs> which by the way, I have tried and I have another one coming up tomorrow night. I'll fill you in oh. on that. Um, but I can't do the group thing. I mean, I'll try it again probably, but I don't know. I haven't, I have had no reason to join like a Zoom meeting. I saw, um, you know, now like CEOs are getting really like into it and they're like, join our meeting just to see what it's about. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'd rather not. And I've seen a lot of memes where it's just people sitting there and they're like, yeah, nothing to add to this meeting because we're all talking on top of each other anyway. So right. I definitely understand that um, perspective, but I haven't been a part of it yet. <laughs> Certainly interesting times, folks, here. All right, let's continue on here on the Tiger Woods podcast. But first, I want to give a shout out to True Classic Tees, a company based in Los Angeles, folks. They are fantastic, really cheap if you guys want to check them out, trueclassictees.com. They are super comfortable, very versatile. They actually sent me a package of like eight shirts. I love them, and I especially love them because on the receipt, they called me an influencer, which I really am not, but we're going to roll with it. I might throw it on my LinkedIn profile. Go to trueclassictees.com. Use my promo code at the checkout, folks, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. Okay, Bridget, I tweeted this yesterday. The number one thing the sports world and maybe just the regular world needs right now is a socially distanced Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson pay-per-view match. And Phil hinted at it on Twitter I want to get your initial reactions about this. I think this could work even right now. Like logistically, we could make this work and make it safe. That would be cool. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that would be really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they're going to do it again because I think it had um, a lot of criticism, but the idea itself was great, you know? Right. And it was like, man, I hope they just like work this out and we see it again. So I'm really excited. I think Phil, if he says it, I don't think he would have said it unless it was going to come to fruition. I do take his word. Um, I really do. So I do think we'll see it. I, I don't know if it's going to happen during the, the social distancing times. It could be bad PR, even if it could work. <laughs> also because they were rumored to now have... Uh, partners in this correct in this rematch I don't know would it be the match 2.0 or rematch I don't know I don't know what the name would be yeah um, marketing department 
Yeah, what, what are we calling it? Um, or match just with like Roman numeral two. <laughs> I kind of like that. It's like matchsticks. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that seeing that come back, like even if we don't see competitive tournaments, if that somehow pops up first, that would be amazing. Imagine like how many eyeballs would be on that, especially oh, yeah. if there's football players in the mix. I think um, Manning and Brady were as the rumored um, pairs, which I know that Phil and Brady have played together before. So I feel like they would be um, paired up. So I don't know. I mean, if that could come back sooner than, you know, than tournament golf, that would be awesome. And that would be like, actually, as you said, you know, that does sort of keep the social distancing guidelines in check because if there's right. only four people out there on the course the whole time. <laughs> and they're all mic'd up. I mean, they don't have to be right next to each other. They can right, be right. very, you know, cognizant about it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And I do want to point out this footnote. Phil Mickelson is pretty new to Twitter. And if he wasn't on Twitter, we would not be talking about this because we love Tiger Bridget, but he's not the most social media savvy guy. Like he's not replying to people on Twitter like Phil is, you know, and Tiger's not creating these self-produced videos because why would he? He's got other things to do, which is fine. But thankfully, Phil is on Twitter kind of giving us these hints. Otherwise, we wouldn't know. I don't think, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Tiger has ever been one to, like, give inside deets. No. <laughs> yeah. he, he is the inside deets. Right. I mean, even if you ask him, like, straight up, he still won't give you, you know, the info that you're looking for. He gives it to you in a roundabout way. Exactly. Bill, on the other hand, yeah, he's brash. He's definitely, he likes to stir some stuff up. And I think he's a t the type of guy that he knows that we need something to talk about. Right. So like, yeah, he's going to drop this, you know, little bomb and see it, in his words, cause you know, he hits bombs. Um, Naturally. To see like what people, you know, the public fodder, like who's going to pick it up. And of course everyone picked it up cause that's all that's happening right now. So yeah, I thank Phil for that. Um, he's definitely <laughs> uh, an interesting social addition. Yeah, you know, a couple points I want to hit about this potentiality as well. First of all, you kind of hinted at it. Was the match in 2018 perfect? No. Were we expecting no. it to be perfect? Probably not. I guess the question is, how can you improve upon what happened in 2018? Yeah, so the overwhelming thought was that it was boring and bad. Yeah. <laughs> like basically that's, I mean, everyone was talking about it and now keep in mind it was around Thanksgiving time. Typically golf is not being talked about around that time. And everyone was talking about it. Even if it was negative, we were still talking about golf. Right. So, um, it just seemed contrived. Like they didn't seem natural. The drama seemed fake. Um, the, the trash talking, if you want to call it that seemed awkward. I have never viewed tiger and phil as middle-aged dads during that that's kind of what i saw them as like they seemed like middle-aged men playing golf and it wasn't that competitive you know i mean i think there were some like fiery moments if you want to say but like for the most part we weren't seeing like tiger sinking these long putts and you know Phil like holding out like it, it wasn't that dynamic wasn't now, exactly yeah. Trump versus Jeb Bush on the debate stage is what you're saying <laughs> sure but like again how how do you 
how do you formulate that where like, you know, Phil is in the bunker every single time? Like, obviously that's not going to happen either. I um, assimilated it to match play mm. where, and I think we all can agree that sometimes as I'm watching the WGC Dell match play, ironically, it, it gets a little boring, even in the finale, because it's just two guys. Like right. you need all stars. They need a supporting cast, right? So like, even if, tiger is leading a tournament you need that cutaway to like someone else who's like three putting you just do like it just breaks it up right so so that was missing right so now that they're adding two other people in it just it sort of like exponentially increases everything so it's not like now you have four guys it's like now you have four like different perspectives four different voices like they could go on so many different tangents now that two other people are being brought in the mix. So I think if that wrinkle is, is true, if, if they're really going to add that, I think that that is definitely a good start um, to, you know, to see something different. You know, it's a great point. And I thought about a lot of times in my conversations with people where they're like, Oh, golf is boring. Golf is boring. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. But you can't say baseball is more exciting than golf because golf has constant action. You go from shot to shot to shot to shot to shot, different players, different holes, sometimes different courses. With baseball, it's pitch, wait, 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 pitch, wait, 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 wait. You might not have action for eight minutes. Right. Okay, maybe that's exaggerated, but and to juxtapose that. that to 2018 and this match, what was happening? We were waiting. We were waiting for every single shot. And what you were saying, the dialogue wasn't as exciting as what we had hoped. And I think part of the problem, and this is a quote-unquote problem, which really isn't one, that Tiger and Phil are friends now. Right. They used to hate each other in the early 2000s. Are you kidding me? And, you know, if this was the early 2000s, this would not have happened. There wouldn't have been a Tiger versus Phil because why would they agree to that? So, um it's kind of like this give and take situation here. Yeah, it's great to have this, but we need some fire. We need some action in between shots. And yeah, I think Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, who are rumored to be a part of this, could certainly add some intrigue. Now, here's the other thing. I think if they do this, Bridget, they have to, have to, have to tie in COVID-19 and do some sort of charity for the medical professionals out there. I think, A, it's a very good look for them. And B, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, close to a million was accumulated through side bets for charity um, right. during the match. And I think that if they could somehow flip the switch, which I, like, I don't know how that would work, where, you know, instead of the winner per se taking home as much as they take home, they sort of do it vice versa. Whereas the winnings go to charity and maybe the side bets could go to, you know, whoever, um, wins those right. uh I think that they, they would be you know it, it would be a huge missed opportunity if they didn't tie that in especially because this you know they're two I mean if even if you take in four the four of them are four of the wealthiest athletes on the planet right so like you know we, we don't need to be egregious in these times I think like moving forward yeah definitely charitable opportunities like that they should jump on them so yeah I agree for sure and kind of to wrap up this discussion here, is pay-per-view, do you think, necessary? Because 
I'm thinking about it, and there's a lot of airtime to fill right now on the likes of Fox and CBS on the weekends. I'm thinking a network would probably pick this up. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, they had so many uh, technical issues last time that it wound up being free anyway, right? Like the, the stream was dropped. That's the point, but, right? Yeah. So I think that moving forward that no, that they definitely cannot do that again. The one thing that I really hope we get is Shane Bacon inside the ropes. Mm, he, he's good. Oh my God. He was so good. And he like, there wasn't enough of him. Like, bring me some more bacon. More bacon. More bacon. Double order of bacon. Give me it all. That's right. I love it. All right, we'll see what happens. Tiger versus Phil, part two, currently in the works. You guys are listening to the Tiger Woods podcast, episode 34, presented by Bet Online. I'll tell you one thing. If Tiger and Phil are happening... There's going to be some odds, some stuff to wager on at betonline.ag. There is still fun to be had. So head on over there, folks. You got elections, you got horse racing still. Check them out. Use my promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100. That's the number 100100. Okay, let's talk about the PJ Tour schedule. And first of all, a report that came out from the New York Post that the U.S. Open will be moved from June 18th to sometime in the late summer. Now, remember, like I mentioned, the coronavirus situation in New York is really bad. And Bridget, I don't know if you've seen like the graphs and the data, but the comparisons between New York and the next one, which I think is New Jersey, is just incredible to see and there is a stark difference between one and two in terms of the number of cases of coronavirus so no official word from the usga on this golf world is reporting that oakmont country club is talking about maybe being the host of this us open they're trying to get their foot inside this opportunity we'll see what are you hearing what are your thoughts you are a new york gal what do you think yeah, I mean, so everyone's going to have to fly into New York, right? Or Westchester or wherever. So that's an issue. That is a huge issue, especially with the travel ban right now um, for Europe. Like, <laughs> no way. No way does that happen in June. Um, I, that is my honest opinion. I know that the USGA isn't slated to make an official decision until mid-April, but I, there's, I mean, I, there's just no way. There's no way. So. Yeah. yeah, no. So that's out. Um, I really hope it stays there. I hope it stays at Wingfoot. I actually heard Pinehurst rumors. Okay. Um, yeah, I heard those just because then like, if it happens, you know, in September, sometime in the fall, there's a lot of courses nearby where qualifying can take place. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And it's rural. Um, I think that it's going to be such a fluid situation. Like I am at the point now where I do not think that we will see all, all the majors this year. I could see the RNA coming out and saying there will be no, no open championship in 2020. I really could see them doing that. The travel ban is, is just, it, it really does. Um, it, it's a cause for concern. So I definitely, I definitely would like to see two to three get in. I don't know what those two to three will be, but um, the U.S. Open for sure will not be taking place in June. 
One of my many questions about this, Bridget, is that, okay, so let's say we have two majors. Now it becomes a bidding war among the RNA, the USGA, the PGA, and of course, Augusta National with the PGA Tour, with these networks. I mean, there are a lot of moving parts here. This has to be stressful if you're part of PGA Tour leadership. Yeah, for sure. I think we talked about this last week about the FedEx Cup playoffs sort of going by the wayside, and now I see that happening. Yeah. I do, Um, which is so unfortunate. But I think that – I think they're all going to work together. I I don't see um, there being, like, a lot of animosity or competition for, like, oh, am I going to get November? Am I going to get October? You know, I really don't see that happening. I think the governing bodies are all going to work together. Um, I think that this is actually a really – interesting time for them all to come together and sort of converse with one another, which, you know, typically everything has its place right in the year, like they have their marked out place. And it's not typically up for discussion, like, hey, Augusta, we want April. So like, how about you know, you take July this year, like, that's not a thing. So I think that this is a really cool opportunity for them all to sort of come together and and make a wholesome decision. Um, The problem is, yeah, like who who gets in and who doesn't, right? Right. So that is going to be interesting to see. I've actually, within the past week, I think this is, everything is changing so fast for me. I actually am now at a point where I could see 2020 go majorless. I Mm. really could. I know, but it's actually like, it's, it's a very high, um, possibility for me right now, uh, on April 1st, I could see no majors taking place this year. So. No April fool's joke at all. No, I know that. Yeah. That's why I said on April, on April 1st. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you have some insight that maybe we might not see golf at all this year. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to some people, um, and they are, uh, edging towards that. Wow. Wow. And you know, you talk about trying to save all of the majors or maybe two or maybe one. I mean, the number one major that is totally on the brink is the open a because of daylight, right? If we're playing at Royal St. George's in October, we just can't, that probably just can't happen. And then you have the cold temperatures you got to factor in out there and the travel advisories, the travel bans as well. So, you know, it's definitely something to ponder. And I think the open is probably the one that is definitely going to be out, right? There's some buzz that the RNA is already going to move this date. So the other thing is like, yeah, you mentioned it. You got to coordinate with all of these organizations. And I think it is kind of a microcosm of, the U.S. right now and the world. We all have to work together against this enemy that is COVID-19. So I'm going to assume you're not on board with my <laughs> major championship slash FedEx Cup playoff back-to-back-to-back-to-back event. I don't think players would be on board with No? That. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, I mean, that would be amazing. And like, hey, maybe they would be. You never know. Like, this is an unprecedented um, occurrence. So I am a super optimistic person. I like can't say that enough, but I just, I just don't think that there's going to be enough time. You know, yeah. it's like, it, it really is like so odd because we have all said the month of March felt like it was 800 days long, but the actuality is, you know, the calendar moves on 
we are losing time every day, right? And now the the guidelines for social distancing in the US have been pushed back until May 1st, you know? So like that is just the US, right? So when you factor in majors, you have people from all over. This isn't the PGA Tour. And I think that the traveling is just such a weird it's such a weird aspect of golf. Especially that, because it's so international, right? You have people so living- It's international, right? Yeah, and then I, I don't know the situation, where is Royal St. George? Is that in Kent or right? That's in Kent. I forget exactly what I, it I is. Think Let me so. pull it up. So like, I don't know the situation in that area of, of the UK. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. I, and, and to say that like- Yeah, I it just, is Kent, yep. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's, it's such a weird, it, it really is like the, the weirdest situation. If you, if you had said like, Hey, a global pandemic will be yeah. affecting, you know, like the, the schedule for, for the entire entirety of 2020, I think people would be like that, that I like, I wouldn't even, that wouldn't even be a thought in my mind. Like I wouldn't even fathom having to deal with that problem. Right. So it's like, an unfathomable problem that you now have to sort out. So for me, it would be amazing if we could see them go back to back to back to back and then the FedEx Cup playoff, like somehow have that. That would be amazing, but I do not see It's a pipe that. dream, yeah. That yeah. is, yeah, definitely. You are way more wishful than I am. Now is the time to get creative and just kind of think about what could be because maybe we won't have this opportunity to be as creative in the future. But yeah, I mean, you know, watching cable news last night, and I try not to watch as much as I do, but, you know, I end up watching a lot just because I like to stay informed. But what hit me was actually seeing Chris Cuomo in his basement in isolation because he has the COVID-19, he has the coronavirus, and it's just like anybody can get it. Anybody. I don't care who you are. The coronavirus doesn't discriminate. And so, you know, going back to the Mark Cuban point that you brought up, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about news anchors who are delivering important information, getting COVID-19, sports is definitely low on the priority list right now. So, yeah, I think it's a difficult situation right now for all of the governing bodies to kind of figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Now, let me, Bridget, just kind of zone in on the Masters because that is the one tournament I think you and I really want to at least see (laughs) here in 2020. And now there's some buzz that maybe November could be the date for the best tournament of the year, in my opinion. Do you see that happening, A? And then B, what about... CBS because as you know in the fall CBS kind of has the NFL to broadcast so does that mean the Masters goes on CBS Sports Network CBS Sports HQ how does that all work and you have experience in the TV business yeah I mean I I don't have experience in that side of it but um I think that Augusta will will try their best to, to to make that happen. I do. I, I really do think they will put in a concerted effort to have the Masters be played um, in this calendar year. I, I don't know what they would do about um, conflicting sporting sports like that. And I think that that's going to be a really big learning curve for networks, right? Like, it's not like you're choosing one over the other, but it's sort of like, 
we're in a situation now where you have to decide how this is all going to pan out. Mm -hmm. And obviously rights are, you know, they, they are to certain networks. That's not going to change. That's like logistics. So I do think that they, they will, if, if it can happen, they will figure it out. And I think that everyone will be happy with, you know, the best that they can do. Right. I think that this is a time now where, they're, these networks are going to try their best to give us what we want. And like, I think everyone can agree that sports brings people together. I don't think it's going to tear people apart. Um, right. Yeah. And I really would love to see a fall foliage, Augusta. It'd be beautiful. I know. A nice change, right? Yeah. The so, slow-mo leaves dropping. I will say one thing. The NFL is robust. It is king. It is the ratings driver. So if the Masters has to play second fiddle to that, from a realistic standpoint, I'm totally fine. Yeah, Um, like we live in a little golf bubble. Right. um, But the the brass tax is that that football runs this country. Exactly, exactly. So we'll see. Now – Bridget, you have some reporting about Charles Schwab and some other tournaments actually extending their field size, which could indicate that, okay, maybe we're headed in a positive direction. Yeah. So um, the report was that it would expand from 120 to 144 players. So that's pretty cool. Right. Um, And I think that being optimistic like that and giving these like little inklings that, you know, hey, we're like looking forward to the future. We're not only looking forward, we're putting like a plan of action into play where like we have now considered adding more players, um, expanding fields. Like it's it's really good talk. They're trying so, is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's super exciting for me. I, I love um, I love any sort of little positive news right now. And that was definitely um, – something that was positive. And they also said like, they're going to plan to play as many, you know, opposite fields as possible. Like there's a lot of positivity talk going on. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think the key takeaway here, folks, is that this is so by the day, so fluid. You just don't know what's going to happen because at the end of the day, you have to listen to the medical professionals. And to some degree, they don't even know because they're just projecting how this coronavirus is going to go, right? So for a lot of people, it's hard to comprehend. And especially when you look at the numbers and all that jazz. So we'll keep you guys posted, of course, on the Tiger Woods podcast. And wrapping up the show with our favorite guy, Randall Shambly, found himself in some toasty water. I'm not going to say hot water because I think this is a bit overblown, but I will read you guys the quote about what caused a stir in the golf community here. So Randall Chambly said the following in an interview, quote, teachers are being exposed for their idiocy and that the flawed teaching philosophies permeating PGA Tour practice areas are ending more careers than they help. He proceeded to say that the teachers spreading these philosophies are being, quote, bitch slapped by reality and the wisdom of crowds on social media and YouTube. There it is, he said. You're wrong, and they're right. So he got in trouble big time for the bitch-slapped part. Right. But also for the part about being offensive to coaches out there and what have you. I guess, first of all, Bridget, I'll ask you for your initial reactions. And then also, what prompted him to say this? Like, why did he even want to say this? Does he have it out for the PGA? (laughs) 
No, I don't think so. I know him personally. And he honestly is one of the loveliest men I've ever been exposed to. He doesn't have an evil bone in his body. He's a provocateur. Provocateur. He loves debate. He loves it. Yeah. I don't think anything prompted him per se. I think um, this is just Randall loves these types of conversations, right? And I think he wanted he wanted to get it started. I I don't know why, but um, I I really when I saw the hubbub and hoopla about it. I, I was sort of a little taken aback. Like, this is kind of what he does. Like, he's a, he loves having these types of conversations. It, it wasn't so, like, out of, like, it's definitely not out of character, in my opinion. And for me, you know, I think teaching is, is such an interesting part of golf, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I think teachers devote themselves to trying to, you know, better their students like absolutely but it is such a weird aspect of golf right because there there are so many conflicting theories there's so much science now and science is totally. even like conflicting so it's a it's a really weird it's a really weird part of the game especially right now I think like over time it's only gotten a little more uncertain right so like I don't think he's trying to say that like you know teachers aren't giving their all and, and and doing their best at this not at all and and to reiterate he really he does not have an evil bone in his body I, I think maybe his his word choice was a little unfortunate but what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know I think we're really trying hard to create content these days and when right. you have Brandel Chambly to kind of help us out let's write some articles about him saying this right so I can see why it got a lot of blow up but at the end of the day I think the main question is okay well is YouTube taking over the humanistic approach to right. golf coaching I don't know I actually don't know the answer to that have I used YouTube videos before for golf direction yeah have I found them better than actual direction Honestly, no, because right, right. useful to have that human next to you to kind of teach you. Well, and like if you followed every new technique and trend, like, well, you'd just be starting at, you know, ground zero every right. time. Totally. <laughs> so yeah. I think like having an instructor who constantly could modify, you know, your progression, I think that's a huge asset. And I don't think he would argue that either. Um I do think that, yeah, there's a lot of more tools and opportunities now out there that could be a hindrance and, and could be helpful. I think that it really is a, a weird space. And I think that he's just trying to open it up to say like, hey, there's so many more and new avenues right now that like maybe some things will fall by the wayside that used to be modern practice that may eventually become obsolete. And and I don't think he's wrong. Everything progresses, right? right. So like, I, I really just think he made um, an assertion that probably is, is commonly viewed anyway. Mm -hmm. Randall Chambly always has something interesting to say, and we love him for it. There's no doubt about that. All right, folks, that has been episode 34 of the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Network. Please do rate, review the show. We certainly appreciate hearing from you guys and your feedback. Let us know what you want from this very program. We're going to work on some guests in the near future because everybody's at home anyway, so might as well continue the conversation with some media personalities. Bridget, great having you back on here. And for those who don't know, actually all of you don't know, 
we had some technical difficulties, mostly partially because of me and my little uh, headset here that I apparently couldn't hear Bridget, but I actually could. It was just my fault. So thank you, Bridget, for hanging on there. You got it. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll catch you next week. Stay safe, social distance, blah, blah, blah. You guys are smart. You know the drill. We'll see you. Stay inside. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.